The preceding message is brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. Stay tuned after this message for more information about Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. But when you learn to acknowledge his will and elevate his will, then you, you begin to express yourself in a new territory of authority. In fact, your authority becomes expanded as you, you know, become more aware of his will. And, you know, as you consciously elevate and celebrate his will. As a ministry, that is one of our core values. You know, a, a few months ago, or should I say a few weeks ago, because it's still recent, I started sensing my spirit that God will have me do some apostolic work in Chicago. Now, I've been doing apostolic work in the nations for five years. But now, he says, now for this season, it's still apostolic, but it's Chicago. Now, some people that don't understand what I'm doing will say, oh, yeah, we've been saying you need to sit at home. No. It has nothing to do with what you've been saying. It's because he said, now I need you as an apostle here. Hmm. And you know, the moment he started to deal with me along those lines, you know, I felt a piece of God along those lines. And, you know, I rearranged my schedule along those lines. And part of the rearrangement is the cancellation of, you know, the itinerary that has already been said in South Pacific, right? That region is called South Pacific, right? I was meant to be in Australia and New Zealand next month. I mean, preaching in several churches and the people were excited. And I was excited too. <laughs> but my excitement is not necessarily his will. So, I called up the pastors, sent emails to some of them, and said, I'm sorry, I'm not coming. <laughs> Why? I needed to consecrate and align a purpose to what we have me do in this season. Now, the secret of greatness is in the recognition that God has a will. Are you listening to me? When you recognize and acknowledge His will, and you are you, you make his will your primary agenda. Then you are literally living in greatness. You know, so many people have ideas of you know, success and greatness. But ladies, listen, the only one who can qualify you as great or as successful is the one that planned your destiny. Are you listening to me? Now, when, when you come to this awareness by revelation... You will stop the rat race. You, you will come to an understanding that there's nobody to be compared with. You only measure against what is will for your life. I don't know if you know God has a will for your life. No, we don't just wake up and say, I'm going to Canada. If God has no plan for us in Canada, come on, talk to me. We don't just say, okay, 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 I'm relocating to Abuja. No. We first of all, listen to him. We listen to him. What will you have me do? 
And it does not matter how far we have gone in our plans. The moment we realize God's direction is contrary, what do we do? You abandon that what? Project. Now, failure to abandon that project makes you proud. And the Bible says, God receives what? The proud. Because some people are embarking on projects that is contrary to the conviction in their heart. All in the name of, I've said I'm going to do it. How will it look if, you know, I stop it? Now, listen, it's just going to look like you have a boss. That's the way it will look. A boss that has a right to stop any project and does not even need to give you an explanation why you are stopping the project. It does not need to explain why the project must be stopped. And it only shows that you are human. No, some leaders want to present themselves as flawless. No, that's not true leadership. True leadership acknowledges the fact that anything you see in him that makes him a great leader is simply because he received from God. Our sufficiency is not of ourselves. So leadership is not about not making mistakes. Are you listening to me? But true leadership is about acknowledging the fact that I'm a man on an assignment. I'm a man on a mission. In fact, the word apostle is from Greek word apostolos, which means he's a saint's one. So it's not on his agenda. He's been given an assignment and he runs by that assignment. So it's not about trying to project ourselves as perfect. It's not going to look good on your leadership. I don't care. I have the right to change my mind because I have a boss. I thought my boss would have me do this only to realize what my boss needed me to do was different. I don't owe you any explanation. I owe my boss the allegiance to just say, we're not going that way again. This is the way we are going. Say, but you said, eh, I'm human. Are you listening to me? I thought that would make my boss happy. Only to realize it was my will, not his will. There is no project that cannot be abandoned. Are you listening to me? Who am I talking to this morning? There is no project that cannot be abandoned. This is the final session of the school ministry and I just want to speak to you from my heart. I'm not looking at any notes. I'm just flowing as a prophet of God. Because we need to hear it. There is no project that cannot be abandoned. So prayer of consecration is so essential. I believe Matthew chapter 26 verse 39 was where Jesus said, not my will, but your will be done. Can we say it together? Say, not my will, but your will be done. So you have a will. And there's a possibility that your will and his will are not aligned. Now, this was Jesus that lived a perfect life. <laughs> But he nearly missed it at the point. Because the humanity in him had a will. 
that was contrary to his divine purpose. You know, being a child of God does not mean your will is destroyed. You maintain your will if people after new birth. Because God is not a bully. He wants you to now consciously recognize that he has a will rather than, you know, literally dissolving your own will. I say, okay, from now, you have no will. It's all about my will. No, he doesn't run like that. He doesn't work like that. You still have your will. You have your personality. <laughs> if God really wants me to do it, he will make me do it. No, that's not God. That's the devil. That's the devil. That He's the one that imposes himself on you. You don't need to ask him to come. He just shows up and takes you over. Are you listening to me? But God says... I have a will. Are you interested in that will? That's the best thing that can happen to you. But you will have to acknowledge that I have a will. Say with me, say this morning. I acknowledge that God has a will in every aspect of my life. And I submit myself on purpose to that will. And what the prayer of consecration helps you to do is that he helps you to align because a man that prays a prayer of consecration from time to time we find God we see how God will now reorder his humanity to align with the divine purpose because the prayer of consecration gives God the right some of you would love to give God the right to move you in a direction consistent with his will for your life because the Bible says there is a way that seems good to man. So humanity can devise its way and be so convinced that this is the best thing that can happen to me. But as far as God is concerned, this is the worst thing that can happen to you. Because it says the end thereof is destruction. Are you listening to me? And that's why I'm very careful about parading people that are not so certain are in the will of God are successful. Because success ultimately is not about finances or fame. What makes you successful is if you have lived your life like he wanted you to live it. You know, when we got to the hotel yesterday night after the wonderful meeting, you know, as we, as we were going to the, uh, the elevator, we, my wife and I had this beautiful sound. Apparently, there was a live performance. Beautiful sound. Actually, the first thing I said, I said, this sound should be coming out of a church on a Sunday morning. Not just in some secular place. And you know, she can get rich. Sign a huge contract, make a lot of money, you know, have one million followers on Instagram. <laughs> now, that's one of the ways people define success now. How many people are following you on Instagram? How many people like your post when you put it? And you know, people say, Wow, that is extremely, you know, successful. And as far as God is concerned, this is a waste. 
Because what I ordained are for is not this. Some people got into some things because of poverty. They've been so broke that anything that looked like a door that opened, they entered through it. And some of them literally walked out of their destiny and walked into destruction. I pray for everyone under the sound of my voice this, 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 this morning that you will not walk out of your destiny. And it's so important in certain areas. An alignment for life. A major part of it has to do with your choice. When it comes to marriage. If you're already married, God will help you. But if you have not, listen carefully. You can't take anybody home. Oh, he's cute. He's my kind of guy. Listen, gentlemen. The, 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 beyond your humanity, there's a divinity to you. A divine purpose. Your humanity might not recognize what you need to fulfill that divine purpose. And that's why you don't just marry somebody because he's cute or she's beautiful. The question is, does she have what it takes to help me fulfill my destiny? You know, there was an attack on, you know, following God's will where marriage is concerned for several years. So after all, marriage is 90% physicality. So you only marry somebody because you are attracted. Ladies and gentlemen, there were people that they could not keep away from each other before they got married. But now they are married. To keep them together is a serious problem. So oh, I feel so attracted. Eh? You don't marry somebody because you feel so attracted. In fact, it's possible that God will lead you to somebody that you don't feel so attracted to originally. And ultimately, you will, you will forever be grateful to God for ending up with her. Are you listening to me? Because beyond the physicality, there's a, a, an alignment of purpose. And you know, when that, the real alignment of purpose comes in, you will find that so attractive. Or find him so attractive. Are you listening to me? So our choices are not based on status. Our choices are not made based on where he is or where she is. Our choices are made based on, you know, the inner conviction. We are king's word. We are spiritual people. Come on, talk to me. Don't you never say neighbor? We are not ashamed. To be spiritual. Because I know some people mock you for your spirituality. Don't worry. They will soon come to you for counseling. Are you listening to me? So we, 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 we are aware of the fact that God has a will. And we don't just make decisions lightly. We don't just make our choices when it comes to life partner. Not lightly. We, 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 we're not just, you know, walking based. We're not, we don't just make decisions based on what I'm attracted. It's more than that. It has to be aligned with my spirit. There must be a connection beyond the physicality, a connection of divine purpose. 
It must be somebody I can pray with, somebody I can agree with, somebody who understands my core values concerning my supernatural values. Am I talking to somebody this morning? Somebody I can walk together with to a place of purpose and destiny. And it goes beyond, you know, the person you marry. It goes all the way, even the, 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 the choices of friendship. No matter how fired up you are, if you get too much involved with people that are so cold, you will see yourself changing. All of a sudden, the values you celebrate, you don't celebrate them any longer because you've been hanging around a bunch of people that have no respect for your destiny. People that will talk you out of the supernatural. If you walk with a fool, you will end up as one. So we are aware of his will, we embrace his will, and we run with his will. And our choices are based primarily on his will. You are not being over spiritual. You are simply being spiritual. Are you listening to me? So important. And the other thing I believe because we have been speaking about as I round up this supernatural school of ministry session, is coming into a place of rest. Coming into a place of what? Rest. Hebrews chapter 3 and Hebrews chapter 4 talks about a rest that is still out waiting for the people of God. It talks about the fact that the, the, the foster of people that had opportunity to rest did not rest. I declare concerning you, you will not miss your opportunity to rest. He said, though the works were finished, they failed to rest in what was finished. And because of that, God was angered. He said, they were disobedient, rebellious people. <laughs> you know, I said something yesterday. I said, he came unto his own and his own what? Receive him not. And all that, this, all that, you know, made it impossible for them to be part of his plan was the fact that they received him not. Don't your neighbor say, neighbor, the most important thing you need as a believer is learn to rest and receive. Lift up your trust and shout, I rest and receive. You know, when we're talking about, oh, we, we run by favor, not by labor. We're not talking about being lazy. But we're talking about, it, it's not a rest. Technically, it's not, it's not to, to, to walk away from being, you know, diligent. But, but it's to rest even while you are exerting yourself. In other words, rest becomes the dominant mode of your life say with me say rest is the dominant mode of my life while you are believing god for whatever you are believing god for rest and after what you have believed god for has manifested rest because there are people that even after their manifestation has been delivered they cannot rest because now they are being tormented with the fear of losing it We rest. 
Lift up your two hands and shout, We rest! One of the greatest revelations I've received as a believer, as a minister, is the, is, is the revelation of rest. Rest in God. Rest from all your labor. Be aware that there's nothing that needs to be done that has not been done. God is not coming off his throne to produce your miracle. Everything was finished in Christ. And if it is finished, then think like it, talk like it, carry yourself like it, live like it. Look, look at my wardrobe. Rest. Just rest. It's like somebody said, I've mailed a few things to you that you need. Now, if you are sensible and you know the person that spoke to you, you know he's a person of integrity, you know he's someone that if he says it, that means he's done it. Now, we used to be worrying about, oh, what am I going to be wearing? In fact, you will get so excited in anticipation of what has been mailed. I came this morning to announce to somebody, everything you need in life has been mailed. And rather than you worrying, worrying about it, being disturbed about it, God says, get so excited in expectation of the delivery that is coming to you. Somebody shall I rest. You're a single man believing God for a godly woman. Rest. You're a single woman believing God for a godly man. Rest. Don't make a lousy decision because of your biological clock thinking or tickling or whatever it's doing. Just rest. You've been married for a few years and you're believing God for a child. And it's like, oh my God, everybody is concerned. I'm concerned. No, 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 no. Nobody is concerned. I rest in the fact that children are the heritage of the Lord and the fruit of the womb is his reward. Happy is the man and the woman whose quiver are full of them. Oh my God, I'm going to get all the kids I need in this life. I rest. You're a pastor. You're pastoring a small church. You're getting concerned. When will this church grow? Rest. Was it last year, two years ago, I was minister at the minister conference? I say it's so sad that so many pastors on a Sunday morning are so troubled. They're like, okay, head of shall not come. Head quiet. Now, if you only you and God in that service, enjoy yourself. Are you listening to me? Rest. Just rest. Lift up your two hands and shout, I rest. You can't add to you. Are you listening to me? Say it again. Say, I cannot add to myself. You can't. So what do you do? Rest. Rest. In rest, God will give you the relevant strategy. He will bring the relevant resources. He will connect you to everything you need to become what he has called you to be. In fact, when you get out of rest, you get out of formation. And grace does not flow in unrest. That was why Jesus would say, we're going to the other side. And the next thing, he went to sleep in the inner part of the boat. One will tell me that Jesus did not know the storm was coming. He knew. 
But he knew the storm would not stop him. Lift up your hands and shout, the storm cannot stop me. <laughs> I rest. A month or so, about I rest. And ladies and gentlemen, you've been called to a lifetime of dealing with storm. Rise up, everybody. Somebody say, how do you know? John chapter 16, verse 33. In this world, you will have tribulations. But I came to tell somebody that what the enemy is throwing at you is the opportunity to soar. So don't see the storm as your enemy. See the storm as your leverage. You know, every great man, every great woman we celebrate today, especially in the scriptures, were men that went through their storm. But their storm did not bring them down. Joseph saw a vision of dominion at 17. For 13 years, it was stormy. From being sold as a slave, no, being thrown into the pit, to being sold as a slave to Potiphar's house, to being thrown into the prison, in spite of his integrity, yet he was afflicted. The one that the Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter 3, that no one will live a godly life in Christ Jesus without suffering persecution. But also love Colossians chapter 1 verse 11 that says, Strengthen with all might, according to his glorious power, unto all patience and long-suffering with joyfulness. That is rest. When suffering can be combined with joy, that is rest. In fact, the proof of rest is peace and joy. Isaiah chapter 55 verse 12 says, You will go out with joy and you will be led forth with peace. Whenever you see those two signals missing, what do you do? You stop and rest. Concerning the raising of your children, rest. Concerning your career growing, rest. Concerning that business ideas that God gave you, rest. Concerning the ministry that God has called you to, rest. I enter into my rest. I cease from all my labor. I'm aware that God has done everything needed for me to live a good life. I rest concerning my health. I rest concerning my protection. I rest concerning my finances. I rest concerning my ministerial expression. I rest. I'm aware that he finished it. So the storm cannot dismiss the reality. I'm aware that what God said was said in eternity. And time is too small to displace eternity. Forever, O oh Lord, your word is settled in heaven. Storm cannot dismiss the word. But every storm will bow to the authority of the word. While we look not at what we see. Oh, we focus on what was said in eternity. We rest in the word. We rest in his love. We rest in his finished work. We cease from all our labor. We will not be proud. But we rest and receive. If you want to receive, learn to rest. Do you know the generation that could not receive, failed to receive? Because they will not rest. Moses told them, 12 spies, we need to send to go and, you know, see where we are going. They saw giants and they lost it. 
they forgot about his word. How many times have you seen giants showed up in one aspect or the other of your life and you forgot about what he said? Giants will always show up. In fact, maybe those giants are needed for you to swear. How will you develop your muscles if there's no battle to fight? Nobody builds muscles just by sleeping. You build muscles by going to the gym and carrying some weights. There are weights for you to carry so that your muscles can come out. Hey, and the real winner that you are can emerge. But in the meantime, rest. All things work together for good for those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. We are not of them that drop back onto perdition, but we are of them that believe. We believe. And how do we believe? We rest. We rest. We rest in his word. We rest in the blood of Jesus shed on the cross of Calvary. We rest in the assurance he has given us. We rest in the fact that we know how much he loves us. We are rooted and grounded in the love with which God loves us. Who shall separate us from this love? Tribulations, distress, afflictions, nothing. We are persuaded. We are persuaded. We are persuaded. We are convinced. We are short. We rest. We rest. <laughs> we rest. And as you rest, it takes you to the next level. You know, one of the greatest secrets of an ego, where soaring is concerned, is that all the ego needs to do when it's flying towards a storm is to spread its wings in a rested position. It's not, it just go like that. And as it goes towards the storm with its wings spread and rested, the same pressure of the wind that was thought will crush the eagle is now the same pressure that carries the eagle. It carries the eagle and carries the eagle. I remember the early days of this ministry while sitting on campus. How people yielded themselves to hate to the devil and thought we were just some cultists, demonic people, fought us with everything they've got, called us names. We made banner. There was a rumor. It was the blood of man that was used in making that banner. We had our first school of ministry, then school of signs and wonders. They said, beware of them. They are like a canker. Ladies and gentlemen, oh, it was an opportunity to swear. Do you know if we had not gone through those storms, that ministry might not have, you know, extended beyond the walls of University of Papa, yeah, of Papa Femino University. But we faced so much opposition which strengthened us. And while dealing with, this, with those opposition, we became aware that what we are seeing is bigger than us. Prophecies will come and this message will go to the hands of the hearts. Is it not going to the hands of the hearts today? We yielded to the Holy Ghost a few years later and we started laughing in the Holy Ghost. And they thought we had lost our minds. 
But see what the storm has brought us. Has brought us this far. So we are not afraid of any storm. The tribulations is an opportunity to rise higher. Ladies and gentlemen, Jesus never promised you that there won't be storm. I will even give that promise when he himself faced a storm. Not once, more than once. On one occasion, he was in the boat and storm came. On another occasion, he sent his disciples ahead of them, ahead of him, and the storm came. But you know, the same storm that was tossing their boat was the same storm he walked on. And he made sure that Peter got the message. If I can walk on this storm, you can walk on this storm. You know, for as long as Peter set his eyes on him, Peter did walk on the storm until he took his eyes off him. Saints of God, I want to admonish you in closing. Make Jesus your gaze. We're going to have good cars, but those cars are not our gaze. We're going to have large congregation everywhere. Somebody shout amen. amen. But that is not our focus. Even a beautiful family, as important as it is, is not our focus. Jesus. There's no way you will set your eyes on him. And it won't take you far. Looking unto Jesus. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 2. The author and the finisher of your faith. Is the object of your receiving capacity. For as long as you keep on looking at him. Faith which is your receiving capacity. Becomes enlarged. If you want to take from Jesus. You must set your focus on Jesus. See Jesus all day. Jesus, 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 Jesus. And the more of Jesus you see, the bigger your capacity to take from Jesus. And while looking at Jesus, you are getting bigger without realizing it. Because sinning increases your capacity. And now you have a greater capacity to take much more from Him. And before you know it, He's taking you so far. And now that you have risen, you cannot even take your eyes off Him. And what he has given you as a result of looking at him does not get into your head. Because in the first place, you knew you got it by focusing on him. Saints of God as a ministry, as families, as individuals, as churches. It's time to reset our focus on Jesus in a position of rest. As he takes us further and further. As we rise and soar like an eagle. I see a future that is bigger and better. I see a generation that is disciples. I see a people trained and raised in the supernatural. A people positioned in formation. An army not in disorder, but in order. They march through the land with a voice of victory. With a capacity to conquer. With an agenda of the master. An army of people. Of grace. Power. And purpose. The time has come. For an unleashing of a new generation. A people of rest. Ready to take over.
everywhere. Have you been blessed this morning? And what I had in my spirit is let us go. You are here this morning. You're saying, Apostle of God. The preceding message was brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. We are located at Kingsword Auditorium, Etel Avenue, behind NNPC Filling Station, First Bank Bus Stop, off Kudarat Abiola Way, Argun, Lagos. Email kmiafrica at kingsword.org. Telephone 234-810-00-00640.